You're listening to a sermon audio from Cypress Church. You can listen to more sermons on our website or by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. We hope you enjoy the sermon and invite you to attend one of our services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Well, good morning. How are you this morning? My name is Mike, one of the pastors here, and I have uh, missed you. I've been gone for the last couple of weeks. Some of you are going, he was gone last three weeks? Two weeks. Gone last two weeks. I, um, I'm working on a uh, doctoral uh, project. I'm in, in getting my doctor of ministry at uh, Talbot uh, at Seminary, and uh, I was up there these last two weeks. Uh, every day, every day, <laughs> I was in class uh, for almost eight hours a day, lecture, at some interactiveness, but my goodness, my fingers are like cramped up from taking notes, and we had assignments that we had to get done each night. I came, if I, now a lot of my colleagues, they lived on campus, but I got to go home, which was nice, but I didn't spend much time there because I was back up the next day. But I did miss you, and, uh, and as, uh, um, well, thank you. That makes me feel good. First service said nothing. <laughs> and somebody said, yeah, that's true, right? But, but no, it, it's, it, it's uh, I really do sense a, I love our church family. I love what Garrick said about uh, um, you know, we're, we're a big family because that's how I felt this last week. I, I really missed our interaction, our time together. And, and, and some of you come early enough to where I can get right around and shake your hand and we can connect for just a little bit. I miss that. I miss you know, smiling, your smiling faces. And you guys are all so good looking. It's just fun. To, you're fun to watch, you know, and, uh, uh, and that. But it's that, it's that family sense that, uh, um, that really God wants us to get uh, in life. He never intended us to be these lone wolves and just be uh, alone and, uh, and, and secluded and sequestered. He, he wants us to be involved in family and wants us to be involved with each other. And that biblical sense of family is seen all throughout Scripture. And so this morning, we're going to be talking about that a little bit, beginning our series. We're going to be looking at this family sense all throughout this next year, uh, we start our year in, in July, and we're going to start a little earlier uh, this year. And, but uh, um, we're going to be looking at that family sense, and this morning we're going to talk about how to get started in that. And so uh, take your Bibles, if you would, and open up to the Bible book of Ephesians. If you don't have a Bible with you, our wonderful, amazing, handsome ushers are walking down the aisle. They have some Bibles in their hands. Just wave at them. And they'll be happy to give you a loaner Bible. Always good to encourage you to bring your Bible. Uh, a lot of the stuff will be up on the screen, but a lot of it won't, so you want, I want to encourage you with that. Also, take your worship folder, what you got when you got handed in. Um, and there's a lot of things in here. One, there's instructions of where our party is afterwards. And everybody's invited to this, member or not. You're invited to enjoy some tacos like Garrick was talking about. There's also a connection card in there. That's a, a connect- I encourage you, if you write your name down there, especially if you're a guest with us, write your information in there. We'd love to send you more information about our church and get connected with you. Uh, but what's really more important than anything is on the back is a prayer request. We love to pray for you, but we don't know how unless you let us know. And it could be prayer request on behalf of yourself or a family member or something you're going through or whatever. Um, and if it's got, of a confidential nature, it means it only goes to the pastoral staff and, uh, and our elders, then you can check that box on there. Or if you just want to write us a note, you know, you can do that. Say, you know, hey, Mike, I really liked your tie this morning. Christy picked it out, so it's, it's uh, always her. But uh, um, yeah, no, everything I wear, she okays, because you don't want to see what I would wear. <laughs> Anyways, that's inside there. And then also inside your worship folder is uh, the, um, an outline. You want to take that out, and there's some blanks to fill in. The answers will be up on the screen as we go through this morning, but also... Uh, we're going to be uh, a lot of, give out a lot of extra verses. And so I want to encourage you to pick up one of these uh, study guides. This is a thing that we produce almost every Sunday. They're out the, these double doors. And if you just turn kind of slightly left, there's a desk there that says uh, community life groups. Uh, and these, the stack of these are there. Uh, we create this so that you have the opportunity to be able to study throughout the week the things that we talk about this morning. But also a lot of our life groups, our small groups, take this as their curriculum for their weekly meetings. And so you can do that. On the back of that are all the fill-in-the-blank answers that were up on the screen, but also a lot of the extra verses are there, uh, unless I happen to mention one on the fly. But it's, it's on there. I encourage you to, to be able to, to look at that as we walk through this this morning. So with this, this biblical family sense, how is it that we uh, are to 
live like family as a church. And we're going to talk about that this morning. And I want to first talk, talk about that as a, um, some of you remember the story uh, of Michael Orr. I don't know if he's a, a fan of yours from the Carolina Panthers, but uh, uh, Michael Orr is a professional football player, currently a tackle with the Carolina Panthers. Um, and he's having a really a great career right now. Uh, he's been to two Super Bowls. Uh, hasn't won, but been to two Super Bowls, uh, respected by his fellow players. Uh, but as you re may recall from the book and movie made about his life uh, called Blindside, his life did not start out that great at all. Uh, he was the son of a, of a drug addict. Um, he bounced from foster family to foster family and eventually ended up homeless. Um, now, a friend of his grandmother's uh, really wanted to fulfill a, a kind of a dying wish of his grandmother, uh, encouraged this particular Christian school, Briarcrest Christian School in Tennessee, to take him in. Well, at that school uh, was the Tui family. They had both their son and their daughter attending that Christian school. And this family, the Tui family, was moved by understanding God's inclusive love opened their home and their family to Michael and eventually adopted him. This family and that Christian family around the school and the church that they were involved in were used by God to shape this young man and to really to bring out the best in Michael. And really he will say to you the, the reason he is where he is in his professional football career and doing so well is because how God worked through the Tui family. In the movie there was... a. Um, but, you know, he also had an a, a influence on and was used by God to help the adopted family, the Tui family, and also his church and, and Christian school. In the movie, there was one line where um, uh, Leanne Tui, who was, um, this is Tennessee, their view in, of racial differences is a little different than what we might experience here in California, but uh, uh, Leanne was out with her uh, white, wealthy friends, and they were showing a concern. And I don't know if this really happened in real life, but the movie depicted this really well in that they were out with her, with her wealthy friends and uh, they were talking about how it was a concern. Are you sure it's okay that uh, you know, you've let this large, very huge black man into your home? Aren't you worried about your daughter? And Leanne was incensed with that. And, and, and you could tell in the movie it depicted that well. And, and then they said, they kind of shifted the conversation and said, Oh, isn't it so great that you are helping out this poor boy? You've really changed his life. And as Sandra Bullock just plays Leanne Tui very well and just says, No, he is changing me. Because you see, as, as, as the Tui family took in Michael, it wasn't that they were just helping him out, but he was being used of God to transform them because they were creating this biblical family sense and it had a huge impact, yes, on Michael, but also on the Tui family. God's great purpose is to enfold people into his great family. And that means accepting Jesus' inclusive love, choosing to be interconnected, serving Jesus, and including others, bringing them in to experience Jesus' love. And so, as we've been talking about over these last few months, this, this sense of, of living the dream, uh, we usually start off with that thinking that living the dream is about us individually achieving some uh, important thing, either wealth or a massive, uh, great, reputable friends or some uh, individual project, that that's really living the dream. And what we discovered as we walked through this study over the last few months, that really living the dream is not that. Living the dream is, is having that close, intimate interconnected relationship with Jesus and being part of his forever family. Jesus wants us to see that family is a lot bigger than our nuclear family or extended family, that, that really God's family is, is, is so large it includes all of those who believe in Christ Jesus. In, in Matthew chapter 12, we looked at this a few weeks ago, Jesus' uh, mother and, and, and brother and sisters were out looking for him because um, Jesus was saying a lot of interesting things. <laughs> he had kind of a Messiah complex going on. 
he was Messiah, so it really wasn't a complex. He was just speaking the truth. But these, his family didn't really even understand that, and so they were going to kind of take him away, saying he's kind of a little bit crazy. And so they went looking for him in this particular um, time in, in Matthew chapter 12, they came to him and, and, and said, you know, we, this group where Jesus was, was, and the crowd was so big, people all around Jesus, that they couldn't get in. And so they sent word, tell Jesus that his mother and his brother are here. Jesus answers in a very unusual way, very much out of cultural characteristics and very much out of the, the norm of the day. And he says this in Matthew chapter 12, verse 49 and 50. He says, and stretching out his hand, Jesus said towards his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my mother and sister and brother. That was radical in that day. That's even radical for us today. For in that culture, there was such a priority and such a, a prominence of family. If family said something, you'd jump to it. If family called you out in the middle of anything, you would come to them because there was such a draw of family. And yet it's for Jesus to say, no, family is a lot larger than you think. And being that we are so individually, individually and exclusively inclined, it's tough for us to get this biblical concept of being more inclusive and, and more collective in nature, where the commitment to the group is as strong, if not stronger, than our individualistic drives. And yet all through the Bible, we're taught to be an inclusive community called a loving family in uh, in first timothy the apostle paul uh, writing to his disciple timothy he wrote first timothy and second timothy there's probably more but those are the ones we have as our bible and and in first timothy paul is teaching timothy and in, in verse 15 of chapter 3 he says how one ought to behave in the household of god how one ought to behave as god's family and all through first timothy he talks about our local church family, that we ought to, to be and live in certain ways, that we ought to seek godly living, that we ought to pray, we ought to be organized and choose godly leaders in, 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 uh, of, who have godly character, that we should know our faith and be respectful and flee temptation and, and, and pursue God's way of life. And Paul does this in almost every one of his books in the New Testament. Because this relational connection as a church family matters. Uh, Joseph Hellerman, a Bible professor up at Biola, um, wrote this book when church was a family. And I do have a copy for the library. Actually, you can take this one when it's, when it's ready. But the, um, our, uh, our pastoral staff and our elders are going to be going through this this year as we seek to understand better that biblical sense of family. And so we're going to be going through this book. And in this book, he, he says something very interesting in the introduction. He says this. Spiritual formation, that's the, 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 our sense of growth and, and, and the biblical word sanctification, that, that spiritual formation that we are developing in our life. The Holy Spirit works in us. Spiritual formation primarily occurs in the context of community. People who remain connected with their brothers and sisters in the local church almost invariably grow in self-understanding and they mature in their ability to relate in healthy ways to God and their fellow human beings. Get this. Long-term interpersonal relationships are the crucible for genuine progress in the Christian life. People who stay together in a church family grow. It is that environment that the Holy Spirit uses to grow us individually that's the crucible that's the environment and that's why we as a church family encourage your involvement in a smaller group now this this group is great but but really to grow is to be interconnected where you're facing other people in in a small group and that's why we encourage life groups it's not just professors who say this all through the bible we are encouraged and instructed to be part of an active be an active part of a local church family it's how we thrive as followers of Christ. So let's look into one of these letters of Paul in the Bible book of Ephesians that speaks to living like family. As we discover, we're going to look at three actions to living like family as a church. And before we do that, why don't you just set your books aside, stand up, and let's 
Let's pray and ask God to teach us something this morning. We're going to spend a short time together. We're going to have some baptisms. We're going to have some commissionings. We're going to do this little quick business meeting and then go off for tacos. So we're excited about that. Father, thank you for bringing us together and just to enjoy this time as a family. And God, I'm asking that your Holy Spirit would do a, a, a neat work in each one of us. Or there may be some here who just need to take that step of faith and believe in either some that need to join in and start being part of the church family. And there's others who just need to come and, and, and get and start being interactive with others and not quit being alone. So God, meet us at our point of need and challenge us with this concept of, of living like family as a church. Be with us this time, we pray in your son's name. Amen. Have a seat. And hopefully you've got your outline out. Jot down some notes. Again, the answers will be up on the screen to those blanks. But three key actions to living like family as a church. The first key action is to accept Jesus' inclusive love. It's for each of us to join and be part of God's family. So take your Bibles, if you will, and now open up to Ephesians chapter 1. We'll look at verses 3 to 6, and then we're going to look at a couple verses in verse chapter 2 and, a couple, and one verse in chapter 3. But it says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the Beloved. And the beloved is Christ. But let me just walk through some of these things here. It says, Blessed be the, uh, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God has, all throughout Scripture, uses that family identity to help us identify that we're part of a family with God as Father. Now we're going to be looking in this, uh, this next series uh, that we're going to be looking at this uh, summer called Behold, talking about God, not just you know, all about Him, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God, three individual pieces in there and we'll talk more about that the triune nature of god but but god as father is to help us to get that idea of what father is and in the ancient day they would have picked up this very clearly it's a little muddled today but but in the ancient day they would understand that that father meant protector father meant benefactor father meant authority and the source of love and blessing came from the Father. See, uh, to accept Jesus' inclusive love is to come into that place where we look at God not just as a, a spiritual uh, a higher power out there, but actually to see Him as Father, the one who protects, the one who uh, encourages and blesses us and, and, and gives us what we need in life and, and is that source of love for us. Well, it says here that, 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 that he has chosen in us before the foundation of the world that we should holy and blameless in him. He predestined us. Now, some people have a, a difficult time with that word predestined. Does that mean I have no free will? No, it doesn't mean that. It means that he understood beforehand what the choice you would make. He knew that you would choose God or not. He knew that he would choose uh, uh, to believe in Jesus or not. God knows everything. There's not a single choice in your life that God doesn't know. And he also knows what you're going to choose. You're going to go to the taco stand today and you're going to say, you know, do you want savoy, I mean, onions? Do you want onions on that? Do you want this? He knows even what you're going to choose. Whether you choose flour tortillas or cor- I'm getting just, my mouth is salivating. I cannot wait. Um, a little avocado, squeeze a lime. Mmm. back but God knows those choices he knows all those choices and he knew before the beginning of time before your even creation where you would be at and he knew that you would choose him and so he adopted you in that adoption is not based on anything that you have done you have not made yourself worthy enough to be adopted he adopted you because he chose you He said, "Mm, yeah, that one's going to be mine. And he chose you to be adopted as part of his family, not bloodline. See, bloodline was so important in the ancient world that you were blessed or not blessed based on bloodline. And God says that makes no difference. What makes a difference is my choice of you. And for a purpose, it says we were adopted through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will 
We have a purpose that we're to be about, God's purpose. For His glory, yes, as we bring others into His wonderful family. So yes, to accept Jesus' inclusive love is to be part of His family. But the truth is, we can't just simply walk into His family. There is something that holds us back from being part of God's forever family. That thing is called sin. The Bible says, for all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us. We're sinful. We're born into it and we act upon it all through our lives. It's real. It's there. And that sin stops us from being adopted. And there's nothing we can do humanly to change that sin condition. You can't try to erase it off. You can't try to wash it off. You can't try to counteract it by being super good there's no action that we can do that can change the sin condition of our life none that would be a sorry state if that's all where it was but God knew that and provided that's why he says adopted through Jesus Christ because Christ took care of that sin problem when he died on a cross he paid the penalty for our sin he died in our place so that we might have that ability to walk into that relationship with God. And how you accept that, what Jesus did, is by belief. Now we'll talk about belief in a minute, but, but it's through that that we have that opportunity to come to Christ. Christ is the one who redeems us. Now the local expression of God's family is the local church, with God as Father. And so we are to have a loyalty to God and even more so than our earthly father because we are adopted in through faith by Jesus. But also a strong commitment to this local church family, to our local brothers and sisters in the Lord. Uh, In the ancient world, that would have been clearly understood because that connection between siblings was vital. And it was one of the most uh, intense connections and it had a huge priority in Middle Eastern culture and in that, in that culture, family trumped individuality. It's not that they were cultish, but the commitment was so strong for the group. The group needs were considered in most every important decision. What job you took, who you would marry, where you would live. Now, in hearing this, some of you get it. Because your cultural background is more that way. It's more family-oriented, more inclusive in that, where it's not so much about you as an individual, it's more about the group, the family. Yet others struggle because we're more individualistic in our bent. Regardless, we need to discover God's family and that family sense as he laid out in Scripture. And in, in, in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 6, it explains that we need to accept Jesus' inclusive love. That's how we join into this family. Now, to accept is to believe. First John, or John chapter 1, verse 12 says, But to all who received him, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That word belief is more than just simply uh, understanding it. Like more than just an intellectual understanding. Okay, I get it. Mm, okay, my mind, I understand it, that I'm sinful. I need a savior and it's Jesus. That's great. That's an intellectual understanding. But belief says now I act upon that understanding and move into a life lived in relationship with Jesus. You see, these people, there's one person who's going to be baptized this morning. And we had a couple baptized first service and then second service we'll have one person baptized. They're what they're doing doesn't save them in this water of baptism. There's nothing magical about this water. It's just, it's, it's something that Jesus asked us to do. It's an outward expression of what's already taken place in our hearts. But it is through obedience because they're following God's way. That's how we express our obedience. Maybe like this way. Um, Christian and I met 37 years ago? 36 years ago. We've been married for 33 years this year. Um, thank you. <clears throat> Give her the medal. She has to endure me. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, we met, we, and, and when we, we started spending a lot of time together, and, 
And you could tell there was, you know, that ha that spark of love between us. And that love began to grow and we began to talk about spending the rest of our lives together. And uh, if we had just talked about it and never done anything about it, we really wouldn't be believing in our relationship. It took that one day, uh, July 16th, 1983. Thank you. I know it's 33 years. I just don't remember the dates well. Uh, that we stood before God and all of our family and friends and we committed our life to each other. We wear rings to remind us, or to, to, yeah, to remind us and also to, to celebrate. Um, but that, 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 that love moved from just a knowledge of love to now an action of life and now every day we live out that love together. It's the same with a, a, a contract. You know, you can, you can know that your roof needs fixing and you can do all the research and, and get a contractor and, uh, and that, but until you sign the contractor, you don't really believe that contractor is going to do it. <laughs> actually, you don't really believe he's going to do it until it's actually done. But, but you get the point here. Belief is more than just mm, a brain knowledge. It's actually an action of, of a life of moving towards in a relationship with God step by step in that relationship. And so we are to believe, and that's how we accept and Jesus' inclusive love is to believe. To accept is also to be about the will of the Father. We read Matthew chapter 12, verse 50, for whoever, Jesus says, does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. See, it's, when we come to Christ, the Spirit of God resides in us and, and, and moves us to do God's will. These actions don't save us, but they become our compulsion. We're compelled to do that. I'm compelled to, to spend more time with Christy and, and to be with her because that, of that commitment and that love compels me forward. And, and I, I think of uh, today, um, uh, Andy Punkai and Stephanie King, uh, they're going to stand before God and their family of friends are going to be married this, uh, this afternoon up in Chino and, and we're all excited about that opportunity and, and how fun that is that, but it's the every day of living out that, that that's how the relationship moves and the spirit moves in us in that regard and, and sure we can quench the spirit's uh, um, compulsion in us by ignoring the spirit and if you want to know more about that just um, continue reading in Ephesians chapter 4 talks about quenching the spirit and how we can easily not listen to the Spirit to move forward. And, um, and we quench the Spirit by not choosing to live life God's way and to, tr- and to seek to focus on ourselves. But see, God's family is not about us, not about this radical individualism. It's about Jesus and His forever family. So the question is, will you accept Jesus' love? And join in, and and how you know that you've you're being about God's will is that there's there's fruit, there's evidence of you being part of God's family, just like there's evidence of Christy and I's love for each other. Uh, not only the, the the smiles that we give together, but it's the life together that that there's a, there's a there's a, a fruit of that. In the same way, your your Christian life. Write down, it's not in your notes, but write down Galatians chapter uh, five verses twenty two and twenty three. It says the fruit of the spirit. That's the evidence of God's spirit in you is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. If those things are growing in there, you know, I have some trees in my backyard. I have some fruit trees. And um, I, have a, uh, um, I have a tangerine tree. You know how I know it's a tangerine tree? There's fruit. I have a, I have a grapevine. I didn't want to bring you grapes because I only have a few grapes this time in there. And they're growing. There's grapes. I have an orange tree. You know how I know it's an orange tree? They're oranges. Now, I have a lime tree. I know it's a lime tree because it's given me one lime. Other than that, it's just sitting there looking at me going, I'm not going to give you any fruit. So I'm going to go have a talking with that lime tree because it's about time. I even have an apple tree back there. It's just a tiny little stick little thing like this and it's got two apples on it. I'm looking at the lime tree. Look, if you could, if this little one scrawny, scrawny little thing could give me two apples, you can at least give me more than one lime. But we know it, 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 it's there because the fruit that comes out, right? Well, in the same way our Christian life is that way. If there is a faith in Jesus, if we believe, there's going to be evidence of that faith. 
That evidence is that Christian character that grows out of there. If there's no evidence, James says, there may be no faith. Now that's between you and God. Boy, but I'd make sure you clear that up. That you know that you have come to that place where you believe. And that you have, that evidence is there. The evidence doesn't save you. It just simply is evidence. But believe and grow in belief and practice faith together. The next key action to living life like family as a, as a church is to choose to interconnect service of Jesus, interconnected to choose interconnected service of Jesus, to participate in our God-given purpose. Turn over to chapter 2 now of Ephesians, just a few more pages from where you are, starting in verse 19 to 22. It says this, For then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household, God's family, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God's, by God's spirit. And so this, this, this idea of this, uh, uh, this building that's built on what the apostles and the prophets were teaching. And what the apostles and prophets were teaching is God's story. It's really the story of the Bible. Creation, separation, redemption, and restoration. Those are the four points of all of what the Bible teaches. That God created. He poofed into existence out of nothing. Ex nihilo, the, the Genesis tells us, out of nothing, he made something. The earth, all the plants, animals, birds, trees, everything in it, and the universe, whoosh, he just pushed it into the sky. Put it all, it created all the systems, the, the circulatory systems, the, the, I mean, the, the, the economic environmental systems, the solar systems, and then he created uh, plants and animals and eventually mankind with all of our different systems. God put it all into work. He is the creator. Placed a man and woman in the garden, told him to be fruitful and multiply, and, uh, um, and yet said, don't eat of this tree because he wanted to make sure we had free will. The only problem about free will is that we have the will to choose to not to follow him, and Adam and Eve chose not to follow him, and bam, sin just whoosh, entered the entire world. And it is causing havoc ever since. I mean... Just look at the news. Some of you already caught it this morning. Some 50 people were gunned down in a, in a, a club in Florida. Just shot and killed. 50. That sin just run rampant. And we've seen it time and time and time and time again. But God provided redemption from this sin separation. Uh, Isaiah says that we are separated from God because of our iniquities. But God provided a way to bridge the gap. That's why Jesus came. He came to pay the penalty for our sin, bridge the gap, that we might have that relationship and be restored. That's the story that, that uh, uh, all of Scripture, the, 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 uh, the prophets and the apostles are teaching. And with Jesus as the base, as that cornerstone of the building of God's kingdom, based on the validity of who Jesus is, that He is God, He is Savior, He is Redeemer. That's Jesus. It's all about him and all around him and all with him. And who has set up a way of life that we were created to live, to be part of God's forever family. Three elements of being part of God's family. Our, kind of our, our God family business has three things to it. To love God, to love neighbors, and to love each other. Uh, to love God comes out of Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, and, and actually so does the other one, uh, love your neighbor, uh, verse 39. In that, someone comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, what's the, the most important thing we should be about living life your way? And Jesus very simply just said, to, the first is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. It's the biblical purpose of worship. Where we, just like we sang before, talking of how great and awesome and wonderful and amazing and beautiful God's love is, it's adoring his character, exalting how amazing he is. It's giving him praise and thanksgiving. It's all of those things, yes, through song and through words as you read the Psalms, but also through our life as we live in obedience to him. That's a, a life of worship. Serving him is worship, but it's that biblical purpose of worship and also the biblical purpose of growth. It's growing in our understanding of God to know him more and more and more, to, to increase in our um, understanding of what God's word says to us. 
and, and to know more about him. But then Jesus said we're also to, that's also to, just to love God. Next is to love neighbors, and that's to love those who don't know Jesus yet. It's the biblical purpose of outreach or reach, that we're to reach out to other people and tell them about Jesus. You know, Acts 1.8, to go and preach the gospel, or go and be the witnesses. Mark 16.15, go and preach the gospel. All those passages tell us to go out into our neighbor to be the light, as salt and light, as Matthew 5 says, to, to be that salt and light in our communities. And with that, to serve them, the biblical purpose of service, to use our gifts and abilities to, to love and to help people. And that's very connected to the next purpose, is to love each other. Jesus told his disciples in John 13, 35 and 34 that we are to, uh, to, he says, a new commandment I give you that you should love one another as I have loved you. We're to have that interconnective uh, help with each other, that, that biblical sense of belonging or the, 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 the Greek word for that is koinonia. It's that, that, that family interconnected sense that comes when we spend time together as brothers and sisters and know about each other's lives and, and do all the one another's in Scripture. Love one another, encourage one another, greet one another with a holy kiss. You know, all those fun things that we, we help one another and spur one another on to love and good deeds. It's all of those things and, and it's help to the hurting like when Jesus shared the story of the Good Samaritan in Luke that we should be helping those who are hurting in there. It's choosing to be part of God's story, serving the purpose of and help foster belonging and growth and service and outreach and worship and helping them with the hurting in the context of family to God's great glory. I love how Psalms 95.6 puts it. He says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. It's, a, it's, it's, it's not saying let me it's the, it's, the, it's the idea of in community. Sure, we can do that individually, but a lot of times we're going to do that together with larger groups, smaller groups, to let us worship and bow down. It's not an individual thing. It's, a, it's as a church family. Uh, Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, let us be grateful for the receiving of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. Make that choice. Make that choice to join with others and serve the Lord. In the Connections magazine, but also in the annual report that, that you'll have out in the lobby area, you'll see all kinds of ministries in our church for you to get involved in. This is our family expression of these things. These three things, love God, love uh, our neighbors, and love each other. It's, it's that local thing, like, like, like our Holy Grill ministry. I mean, those guys go places that hardly anybody gets to go with the love of God through the glorious opportunity of tri-tip. <laughs> What a, what a creative way to be able to show the love of God. Uh, same with our Lincoln family ministry. They, they, they help um, feed homeless people along Lincoln and beyond in that thing. And there's, and there's numbers of other ministries that are involved in here that we are to, to be part of. And, and our family ministry, our usher ministry, our different other ministries to be part of those things. These are family efforts. And we need more people to join in. The question is, will you? One more action very quickly to living like family as a church. It's to include others in Jesus' love. To see our calling, our job, to enfold others in God's great family. See, as, as, as early church began to grow, it was mostly a Jewish thing. And, and, and the Jewish culture was very exclusive based on bloodline. And God is trying to open them up to saying, you know, it's really more about those who do my will, Jesus says. And they had a hard time with that. And even in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 6, he says, The mystery is that the Gentiles, get this, are fellow heirs, members of the same body, partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. See, it's not just about this sect of people that have it. It's open to everybody. Aren't you glad about that? It includes each one of us. No matter what our race is or what our gender is or what our economic background is, we're all included. And so we should be about including others, not excluding others. Someone isn't so sinful they can't come back to God. Please remember that. We are to swing wide the doors of the church open so others feel that they belong. And through that belonging, people will come to faith and they will experience Jesus' love. Don't, don't be so closed off. Make margin in your life to be inclusive. Now, I know that's hard. 
that's hard in the day we live in. And, and it's not so much that we have a, um, a prejudice against some group or something like that, but a lot of it's because we get so doggone busy with our life. We have no time for anybody else. So we need to make time and make some margin in our life so that we can include others in that life. Make your life group open. Join a life group. Make some effort to connect with others. Be purposeful because we have the natural propensity for this radical individualism. (laughs) It's part of that sinful nature that we're born with. And some of us, it's part of our culture. That exclusivity, that focus on self. We need to purpose to include with others. So do that and your life will be enriched. You know, what a different story it would have been if the Tui family had been this exclusive group. Well, we didn't want to help out this poor soul. What a different experience it would have been for Michael and for them. They chose to be inclusive, and so should we. I know for me, the same thing. I, the church family just embraced me and, and walked with me through life. Let's strive for that biblical family sense. Living like family as a church. Accepting Jesus' inclusive love, choosing interconnected service of Jesus, and including others in Jesus' love. The question is, will you? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the challenge from your word as we uh, continue on in our service, Lord, uh, um, this time together celebrating in baptism and, and doing some commissioning. Lord, it's encouraging to know that we're, we're not in this for ourselves. We're in this for you and, and being about your family business. And so, God, thank you. Help us to keep that in mind as we roll through life and give us the margin, uh, expand our borders so we include others and see them as family. You as our Father, we pray in your Son's name. Amen. We had the privilege to view uh, baptism. No, not before that. Man, I'm getting everything out of order today. Yeah. So we have some announcements first. Garrick's going to come up and and share some good things about all the things that we're doing around here. I appreciate the slow clap. Thank you. Did you see how I hopped up here super quick so it would end? Well, guys, again, good morning and welcome. My name is Garrick. I'm the uh, worship leader here at Cypress Church, and it's so cool to be with you guys this morning on such a fun day uh, full of so many different things in our service as well as a party afterwards. Um, We will be taking our offering in a couple minutes, so if you need to prepare for that, uh, now's your chance to do that. Uh, We have a lot going on here, not just today, but through the entire year. And uh, the best way to keep tabs on what we're doing and to be included um, and to be chasing what we do is to either go onto our website or to grab one of our Connections magazines. This is a monthly publication. Uh, We put lots of information in here. Uh, Every month we have a great team that produces these. We have them all over the church. Um, And it would be a great problem to run out one day. So be sure to grab those whenever you have a chance. Um, Inside your worship folder... Uh, You have a map going to our party afterwards, but you also have uh, this thing called a connection card. And on the front, it's got uh, which campus you're at, so go ahead and check that, so that way we know uh, where you're from and how to be praying for you, because on the back, it actually does have a way that we can be praying for you. It's easy to fill out. Um, You don't have to give us a lot of information unless you want to. Uh, And if it's something that you don't feel like you want our entire team praying for, which is a great thing to have, because we have prayer people and missionaries all over the world um, that will pray for you. But if it's something that you want to keep closer um, to our pastoral staff, there is a confidentiality box. All you do is you check that, and then that'll just stay with our staff. Uh, In a couple weeks, about a month from now, we'll be having Vacation Bible School. Uh, That's our children's ministry event where we host a summer camp in this building for a week. Yeah, that's our our youth kids volunteering um, to run that for us. So we have, this is what it looks like. We have these cards in the lobby for you. Um, You can just pick one up. It's called uh, Cave Quest, and it's following Jesus, who is the light of the world. So it's going to be fantastic. Um, We have a great team putting everything together, building a lot of stuff for it. Um, and that's exciting, right? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm super excited. It's going to be fun. Uh, and with that, it's now time for our morning's offering. 
We cheer uh, because God loves a cheerful giver. Um, it's something that he asks us to do, to give cheerfully and sacrificially, and doing that every week is just a wonderful opportunity. So with that, uh, let's pray together for this offering. Father, we thank you again for this morning. We thank you for uh, all the different ways that we get to worship you this morning, through singing and through listening and through being together um, and soon through baptism and commissioning as well as just a great time of fellowship at a party afterwards. We just thank you for all that you've done for us, all that you continue to do for us. Just bless these funds as they go out today, Father, um, and just uh, be with all of us as we continue on. We love you, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen. We now have a chance to experience our baptism time as the offering is being taken. So will Alicia and Victoria come on up. Our baptism is really uh, one of the two institutions that our Lord left for us. Baptism, a one-time experience of publicly committing our life to Christ and following him. And then communion, which really talks about uh, the constant reminding of Jesus in every way along that time. So... We had three baptisms this morning. We have one now. So we have Alicia Wells, who's going to be baptized today. And her choice of baptism. It's exciting. And then we're going to have Victoria baptize her. What's your relationship to Alicia? Um, I'm Alicia's cousin. Hi. (laughs) So it's a family thing. Yeah. Okay, good. So why don't you guys hold that. Make your way into the baptismal tank. Nice and warm, isn't it? No, I know. We are taking an offering of those who want to be baptized for a heater. So, <laughs> Okay, there we go. Do you want, did you want to read that? Or is Victoria going to read it? Okay. So in 2011, when my mom decided to leave my life and kick... My dad decided to leave me, leave my life and kick me out of his life. Is the day I chose to give my heart and soul to God. I found myself praying to God for strength and guidance to get me through my difficult time and to help me heal during through this time. God then became a big part of my life, and I want to continue on this journey with him. Psalm 34, 17, and 18. The Lord hears good people when they cry out to him and gives them um, through all their trouble, get the, gets them through all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those whose spirits have been crushed. I'll stay. Go ahead. I have the privilege of baptizing you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Very good. How fun is that? Thanks. Good job, Victor. Oh, you know, one of the joys of um, uh, this is the church to be able to watch how God works. Uh, And again, this doesn't save anybody. This is just simply an outward expression of what's already taken place. And And Jesus wanted us to be involved in this so that we would all know that we've made this decision. And so if you haven't yet come to the place where you've uh, been baptized, it's an important part of our Christian faith. And so I encourage you to you know, take one of those cards that say, hey, I want to be baptized, and we'll get you in the next time we dunk people. We'll, we'll have you in there. It'll be a wonderful ceremony. You can invite your family and friends, and, and it'll be a great thing for that. So those of you who came to support, thank you very much for being here. That's an important step in that. Now, we have some other important things that are happening, and one of them is we've got a lot of teams that are heading out this summer. And so I'm going to ask those teams to come on up here and take your places on the stage. We've got some people from Ecuador and New Orleans and other places a little bit. Lance Peterson, our uh, global outreach grand poobah. Uh, yeah, I, I like that one. I just want to change director, um, leader in that regard. He's going to tell you all about uh, who's going where and what's happening in that. A lot of the information is inside the connections. And I encourage you, take one of these home because this is how you're going to know how to pray for these people you know, either tear out the pages and put it on your refrigerator or just keep the book together with you and just pray through this in a prominent place. So Lance, take it away. Awesome. It is, isn't it exciting to see all these people up here going off in different stuff? We had, and actually we had a couple of already gone, uh, Gabe Feger and Michael Honey are gone up to uh, 
uh, forest home and working up there. So we have a lot of people who go out on summer mission trips and, and internships. Um, so it's is my privilege to kind of introduce this. I'm going to let them uh, give you a, a kind of quick 20-second view of what they're going to be doing so you can be praying about them. Again, Mike said it's in the connections, so I encourage you to, to be praying for them this summer. But, you know, as a, as a church, we do a lot of stuff with missions. We have, and short-term is part of it, uh, we really work hard on making those trips um, be a blessing to the people we go to. Uh, you know, sometimes people call short-term missionaries like vacationaries. Um, that really, we really work hard about making, and that's why we have long-term relationships. In fact, that's a neat thing. That's in New Orleans, we've been going to New Orleans, and we've been going with another church there for a while. We've just changed, but we're going to go um, working with the church uh, from two of our missionaries that came out of this church, Matt and Heather um, Allen. They were here, and they worked here, and then they're, they're in New Orleans, so now we're going down to partner with them, so we're excited about that. Uh, Ecuador, we've been going for 10 years. Cindy's been going to Honduras for 20 years. Um, so we we want we establish these long-term relationships so we make sure that we're going down there being a blessing. We we have relationships with people there. So, um, And also, just to encourage you, uh, you guys are a part of this, not only your prayers, but through Faith Promise. Uh, that's been a blessing to us. The church has been supporting us. So if you've been giving to Faith Promise, know that the, those funds have helped a lot of these missionaries be able to go. Um, they help our long-term missionaries. They help little projects going. So please encourage you to, to continue to do that. If you haven't been giving to Faith Promise and would like to know more about it, uh, you can check that out. There's, we have Talk to Me or we have a brochure on it. And I'll put in one other plug. So every year um, you might be seeing, you've been seeing people come up here for years and thinking, oh, that's really cool. They do that. Well, maybe God's calling you to do that. Maybe it's tugging at your heart. You're seeing this. You know what? That would be a fun thing. I, my first mission trip, I was 50 years old. So it doesn't matter how old you are when you... When you go, it changed my life. Um, it's changed our family's life, so we're excited about it. So I'm going to have a first off with the New Orleans team. I'm going to let them share a little bit of what they're doing. Hey, church family. So I get the awesome privilege to go with Pastor Rich Fieger uh, and myself and these students. There's about 17 of us going down to New Orleans, um, like Lance said. And we're going to be working with Canal Street Church down there and helping run like a VBS day camp. Um, they... Uh, that community down there actually runs this VBS day camp every single week in the summer because those kids down there don't have um, the stability in the parents. And so these kids come every single week, and we just get to partner with them. So I'm really excited to join this team. And, uh, yeah. Great. I'm going to let uh, Cindy share about the Honduras team. Yes, you can clap. So Cindy takes a smaller group of women to go down and let her explain what they're going to be doing. Um, Haley, Norma, and I are going to be going to Honduras to cook for a missionary kid camp. It's a one-week-long camp, and we cook American food, which is a real treat for them. Um, in addition, this year, the McEldry, Suzanne, and Justin um, heard that they needed a speaker and a worship leader, so they're going to be coming and participating in the camp in that way. Awesome. Um, also, we have, I'm going to share about the New Orleans teams last year, but I also have a uh, few going here. I'm going to have uh, Sean Thomas share. He's from our Garden Grove branch, and so he's excited going off this summer. Um, actually, next week, <laughs> I'm leaving to go to Spain. I'm joining an organization called The Edge Project, and they've been in the city of Altea, Spain, for the last 10 years doing a creative arts ministry. So I'll be there uh, helping out with the gallery there, um, some spoken word and a worship music ministry, and just connecting with the community in Spain there. So. Um, Hannah Kiv uh, went with us to Ecuador uh, last year. And then now she's uh, going off an internship. I'll let her explain what she's going to be doing. So my internship is a month long, and it'll be with Johnny and Friends, the Johnny Erickson Tata Foundation that partners with churches here and around the world um, to do special needs ministry. And I will be around Southern California in Thousand Oaks, where their headquarters are, um, doing some training, church outreach, and then a family retreat in Marietta. And then after that, I'll be heading out to Haiti for 10 days, working with an orphanage called House of Hope that works with um, and takes care of a abandoned orphan children. Awesome. Next, next we're going to talk about just uh, kind of special in our family, and it kind of ties in with short-term missions. About 10 years ago, my whole family went down to Ecuador, came back. My older son um, just felt, yeah, I need to go. To, you know, we got in like 
2.30 in the morning, but he felt like he needed to come to church, came, and he got invited, you know, can you help out with, uh, like, VBS? Oh, sure, he came to that, and then he got invited to help start teaching at Sunday school, and then he decided to become an intern at the youth ministry, and then he graduated and said, you know, that's what I want to do. He went to Talbot, and then now he's a, he's a pastor in, in Seattle. But along the way, um, he kind of ran into uh, the Maloney family. Uh, Nathan's brothers uh, first, but then Nathan quickly after came with us, uh, came up to... Uh, to Hume Lake, became a Christian, and he has just been, you know, on fire just doing what, you know, God's journey with him. He's helped out at church here. He took over a lot of the sound for us. He's just been faithful. Um, he's made an impact at this church, and his brothers are, are, are like, always there. Whenever the doors are open, they're, they're helping out. So that's, they've been a great family that, that God has, has connected here. And so he's actually going to be going, I'll let him tell you, but he's going to go be going working with my son, so. Hi. Um, so this summer, actually, on the 27th, I'm flying up to Seattle, Washington, and I'll be interning with a guy named Kellen Peterson, his son. Um, <laughs> and up there, I'll be, um, I'll be interning for a youth pastor sort of position, and I'll be helping out with a bunch of the youth, mostly junior high, sometimes high school. And what I'll be doing there is just being a leader to them and just sort of guiding these kids who need it most. Um, lastly, I'll introduce the Equity team, but before I do that, we have one member of our team that's going to be going there for a little longer. I said, he's, I said a different word earlier. This time I'll say he's one of our more experienced short-term our interns. And so Jim Macy can describe what he's going to be doing this summer. Um, I was contacted by our missionaries, uh, Chet and Katie Williams, earlier about spending an extended time with them this summer. So I'll be leaving in two weeks, uh, four, seven weeks in Ecuador this summer, and um, serving with them, um, planning and building the, the new training center that's in Shell. And uh, my wife Susie will be joining me the last two weeks. Um, we'll spend some time with Chet and Katie and uh, just uh, looking and seeking God's will for us, serving a little bit longer term maybe down there in a later time. So as Jim was saying, uh, the Equa team, we have the privilege of going down and working with our missionaries. Again, we've been doing this for 10 years, but we're, they just were able to acquire some property that originally was owned by Steve Saint. I don't know if you know this story about the missionaries in Ecuador, but he'd acquired it. Another missionary organization had it, and our missionary is now purchasing it to open a training center for indigenous and WOW. And we have the privilege of going down there and working. It's very exciting. It's a, it's a really neat trip. And then we also get to go in. Uh, to a remote village that has not had any Christian contact for years. Um, so we're going to be running the VBS for 200 to 300 kids, uh, 400 adults. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be – we're really excited about that opportunity, and it, it's a privilege. And, again, you know, like I said, uh, short-term missions is a great chance to you, – you feel like, yeah, we're uh, – you know, the church is giving it, but we get so much more in advance. God's economy is the type that you can never outgive him. So when we're – when we go down and give her time, we get so much more in advance. And you guys, when you're paying for, you know, you're helping support, because a lot of you, besides Faith Promise, you've given to help our missionaries. That's awesome. And, and know that that is going to be well returned. Our church is blessed by that because people come back excited, uh, not only about missions, but about, about church service. So let's pray for these guys. Uh, if you want to pray in your seat, you can hold up your hand if you're praying for them, but just be praying along. And again, remember to be praying for them throughout the summer. God, thank you so much for these uh, men and women who have decided to to give their time and most of them give them their money, God, to, to be going down and to serve you. Um, God, I pray that you would give us all um, the attitude that it is not about us, it's not about what we do, but it's all about you. God, that we would be willing to do whatever you call us to do, um, that uh, you would be glorified, uh, that your kingdom would be advanced. Um, God, that we would continue to see it as a privilege to do whatever it is you call us to do. Uh, thank you for this church that supports us financially, supports with prayer, um, holds us up. God, I, I thank you for their prayers and know that they will be most needed. Thank you, God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Give them a hand. Thank you, guys. Have a great summer. Please make sure you pick up that a connection so you can pray for them because they need your prayers, not just now, but they need them all throughout the summer. And, and the, the connections has all the details in there. Now we're going to move into a very, very quick, I think the first service, it lasted about three minutes. 
business meeting. And I'm asking uh, D- David Honey, where are you, David? Oh, he's right there. He's going to come up in just a second. But I just want to, uh, as a church, our governance, we have a congregational governance, and there was a you guys vote in uh, our elders, and they serve as kind of the, they also are not like our governing body, but they're our corporate officers, and they uh, we they do all the heavy lifting, and, and they bring to you candidates, and so you're going to be, meet, you, hopefully you, well, you should have, two weeks ago, uh, received these, both the budget and the candidates, and uh, they're listed on there. You, you also had available to uh, you um, some uh, 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 listening meetings to be able to ask your questions. So this is not an opportunity to ask questions. This is just an opportunity to affirm the vote the elders have made on these things. And so the elders are bringing to you these candidates and this budget for you to affirm. And hopefully you've picked up your ballot. If you didn't get it for some reason, you forgot. Our ushers are kind of, they have blank ones here. Uh, they're walking in now. If you need, to, need one, you're a member of the church and you say, yeah, I need to have this then take the blank envelope. Just make sure you write your name legibly on the front, because then we got we got to make we got to make sure you're a member, you know, what to vote. So, but uh, David, take it away and, and tell us more about this, and and then bring us to that vote so we can go eat tacos. Good morning. So I'm the one who's standing in between you and lunch. I will make this as efficient as possible. The annual meeting is now called to order. Uh, this morning, members will be voting to affirm the Elder Board's recommendations for elder and trustee candidates, as well as the annual budget. Our elders follow the biblical model of church leadership as we give spiritual oversight and shepherd and oversee our church. The Elder Board has a responsibility to establish and maintain the policies and practice of the church, and the Elder Board also functions as a corporate officers of the church. The Elder Board also supervises and provides oversight over the lead pastor as he leads ministry and church affairs to accomplish God's unique call and vision for Cypress Church. Uh, So over the next couple of weeks, um, a a few of the elders are going off the board having completed our terms. Um, uh, I I will be going off the board as well as Foraker Smith and Danny Fleming. So to to replace those elders, um, the Elder Board has nominated and... uh, prayed over uh, candidates, and they've gone through a a vetting process, which includes uh, an application and uh, an interview with two of the elders. And those candidates for elder this year are Paul Lacombe, John Paris, and Jim Passmore. Uh, Moving on to the trustees. The trustees, under the leadership and guidance of the senior pastor, partner with staff to manage the church's finances and maintain the church facilities in the fulfillment of God's biblical purposes and and vision that God has given Cypress Church. Uh, This year, uh, Janice Lacombe will be going off the board. Um, So we we have a number of uh, trustee candidates uh, for you as well. Um, Mark Ryan and Annie Sinkowicz, who will be uh, renewing their terms, and uh, Dave Croteau, and Mark Bernadoni as as new trustee candidates. Uh, so please take out your ballot for elders and trustees. It's the pink ballot that looks like this. Uh, they're all on one page. And on behalf of the elder board, uh, I'd like to ask you to uh, to vote uh, to to affirm these candidates. Um, so please take a moment to do that. Uh, please take a yes or no vote for each of the candidates. We're also asking you to vote to affirm the annual budget, uh, as we do each year. Um, the budget process, uh, real briefly, the, the staff uh, a few months ago uh, began working on the budget, developing the budget, and uh, presenting that to the senior pastor. Um, staff works on that and uh, you know, makes changes as necessary based on the senior pastor's direction. And then the senior pastor presents that budget to the elder board for our review and approval. We then bring it to you at this time at the annual meeting for uh, your affirmation of the budget. Next year's budget uh, is just over a million forty-nine thousand dollars, and it's essentially a flat budget, meaning uh, really a very little increase or decrease from last year. In fact, uh, the overall resource needs represent a twelve thousand dollar increase from the current year's budget. We're taking this step of faith as an elder board, uh, praying that God would provide uh, those additional resources needed. And as always, if those resources are not there, uh, staff and the Elder Board will ensure that we do not 
spend outside of our, our means. Um, at this time, I would ask that you take out your ballot for the budget. That's the, the green ballot. And uh, please vote yes or no to affirm the Elder Board's recommendation for the budget. Once you have cast your ballots, please place your ballots in the envelope. Um, if for some reason your, your envelope did not have your name on it, please print your name really clearly and legibly on that. Um, again, place both ballots in there and uh, pass those envelopes to the middle of the aisle where the ushers can pick them up. The results will be announced at our annual celebration, which is taking place immediately after second service. Um, that's going to be at Grace Christian School. You have a map, uh, an address of that in your, in your worship package up there. Uh, additionally, we've handed out annual reports as you came in. Um, if you didn't get a chance to pick one of those up, please do so on your way out. Uh, I'll say you pick up one per family. Uh, that, that, that way you know uh, what was uh, accomplished through the various ministries and boards over the past year. I think that's it. Um, I'm going to adjourn the meeting now and, and turn it back over to Pastor Mike to close us. Thank you all. Good job. Woo. Thank you. Thank you. Why don't you all stand up? I just got the picture of it's all set up. And they said, Mike, get them down here fast. So we'll let loose the song that we're going to sing and just get you out here really fast. Um, thank you for being here. The, the, this year we have actually a tent that you're going to be eating lunch under. Last year we tried to try to find shade. But just head over to Grace Christian School. It's really simple. There's a direction in there. Just head down ball, turn on Denny, and then, uh, turn left on Denny, then left on Myra, and the school is right there. Though There'll be people telling you where to park. So get there fast because, the, I mean, so you can go through the line so when I get there I can have some tacos. But let me pray and we'll be, we'll be done. Father, thank you for just the fun time of gathering together. And um, Lord, we're looking forward to just spending time this afternoon enjoying each other's company, eating some great desserts that everybody prepared and these wonderful tacos and just uh, celebrating again uh, your goodness to us. Lord, you've been so great to us this year and we thank you for that. You brought us through some ups and downs and all arounds and you've brought more people to our church and you've used us to see tons of people come to know you and grow in their faith and god we know this next year is even greater than what you've got for us so we're trusting in you or we uh, as we leave this place and enjoy the food uh, may we just have a great time together we pray in your son's name amen god bless you as you go if you do want some prayer some of us will be up front before we leave god bless have a great day see you over at uh, grace christian school